ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber, and joining me as always is my awesome co-host, Delicious Dwaylon Davis. Hey, everybody. Also known as the Intellectual Rockstar. Uh, how many nicknames can one person have? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know how many names I call you. It's always, hey, dude, hey, brother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm approaching um, Triple H level nicknames. With... Uh, yeah. You are, you know, because the, the, he's the cerebral assassin. I think people forget about that one, the game. Yeah. And some people forget that the HHH actually stands for something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, could you imagine, what's your name? Triple. What's your last name? H. H. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but. Uh, if you, if everybody noticed, today is kind of a an off day for us recording, you know, just because our schedules have gotten all kinds of out of whack. Yeah. Um, we were going to record last night, but Mother Nature decided that Dwaylon was not going to have any power. Mm-hmm. And we did discuss going using Zoom on his phone because I'm, I'm since I'm recording, you know, um, I have to use my computer. But if if you're not recording, you can actually use a phone, laptop, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but then it, it hit me. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> He's not yeah. going to have any power. So yeah. It's going to be completely dark. Uh, and also having no power, he's got other things to worry about besides, yeah. besides the podcast, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so we decided to forego it till today, you know? Uh, and of course, most Saturday, most people on Saturday mornings have also have a lot of stuff going yeah. on and when you have kids and. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Dwayland's already gone to a soccer game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah you know um you know and you know and i'll, I'll go ahead and say dwayne has been very very busy this week uh because he has a brand new food truck mm-hmm. that they're going around is it just west paducah or is it paducah paducah or uh it's all over paducah uh and then we're gonna stay in paducah for a while and then try to branch out some once we kind of get our get the kinks worked out and get, you know, get everything going good. Then we're going to try to go to other places. You never know. You can end up with more than one. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I think the town of size of Paducah, you wouldn't probably want to go more than two. Yeah. You know, because yeah. Paducah is not that, I mean, it's, it's a bigger town, but mm-hmm. not like super big. Yeah. You know, it's big enough where you could have one on either side, but, mm-hmm. um, you start getting more than you're cutting into your own on profits. So yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so if you if you are in or around the Paducah area, go check out what's your food the food truck name? Uh, Mama Mama and Papa's Mama and Papa's. Family Food. That's right, and we're talking about it. I mean, we're talking like good all American barbecue type food, hamburgers, hot dogs, and we're talking about mm-hmm. like like what were you talking about? Like not well, it wasn't chicken legs. You were saying it was um, yeah, it was uh, like chicken leg quarters. Smoked on the, we've got a smoker and smoke those. And then Pope's got some other ideas for stuff. We've got a big job next week. So if you're in the area, come out and check us out. We'll be at the um, Chevy dealership on Park Avenue all next week. So there you go. And he's already making me hunger. So we should probably have to move on. before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and not just because, I mean, it is lunchtime, uh, you know, here, but, um, but, you know, there's been, there's been a little bit that's happened since the last time we actually had a, um, a show. And I, I mean, I will have to give another shout out to Wildcat Chris Harris on our last episode. Absolutely. 
Yeah, awesome guest, and I, I was able to speak to him the next day at the Northern Wrestling Federation event. The um, the the check. No, he they don't call it the chamber. It's like an the elimination. Thund- thund- Thunderdome. Uh, Thunderdome, Thunderdome, yeah. Thunderdome, yes. Uh, great show. And a uh, brand new champion. DC is DC. now the, yep, um, the NWF heavyweight champion. Of course, DC, you know, you could almost put him in the class of super heavyweight champion because mm-hmm. DC is a big dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how he took his time getting out of the cage, too. Yeah, he like, did. He just kind of. Mm-hmm. He's looking back and the whole time, <laughs> like, I've got this. So I'm just going to take my time. <laughs> yep. Uh, saw our friend, and I will say he's still our friend, Noah Gabriel. Uh, he turned to the dark side. He's yeah. He started taking his frustrations out on Kobe Kane, his now former tag team partner. Mm-hmm. And if you see some of the stuff that Noah's been posting on social media, uh, on his Facebook, he's turned his <coughs> profile picture and his cover picture both just black. Black, yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah. He's like, man, I got this weight off my shoulder, this this pain in my back that I've been carrying for the past however many years, you know, named Kobe Kane. And um, I have, I'll have to check out his Twitter, see if he did the same thing. But uh, I think he did. Did he? If I remember right. I Actually, think you know so. what? While we're talking about it, I might as well go check it out. But yeah, so Noah has, I mean, we, we kind of saw it coming. Noah has actually. Uh, Noah's been frustrated for a while about, yep. I think, his. I think his place on the card and just not moving up like he thought and he just got fed up it happens at times oh yeah he he changed his he changed his profile picture he didn't change his cover picture mm-hmm. i think maybe he forgot about his cover picture um i have to tell him hey go change your cover picture yeah <laughs> but uh he let's see he did retweet about today's or tonight's um you know, event in Mount Orb, which is yeah. about 10 minutes away from my house, which is very advantageous for me, you know, so I don't have to travel very far. <laughs> to get right. To it. Right. Um, oh, and yeah, he did put the same thing he put on Facebook. Uh, in fact, I'll give it a like, I'll even give it a retweet. There you go. Noah. Um, I said, you know, for two years, I had this annoying knot and kink in my lower back after this weekend it has miraculously disappeared. I guess carrying the weight of this tag team with Kobe really took its toll. So shots fired. Um, oh yeah, and on on the um on the Facebook thing, I know at one point I, I thought Roger had actually um kind of replied to him and said you ought to be ashamed of yourself. But, yeah, yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe this is maybe this is what he needed. I mean, sometimes yeah. the sometimes the white meat baby face only goes so far. It only gets you so far. You know, we got him and you got Nikki Victory have both turned mm-hmm. heel in the past few months. And, yeah, you know, just kind of, and Nikki especially. I mean, I think she kind of needed that because she'd done everything there was to do in mm-hmm. the NWF. I mean, yeah. you couldn't, you know, her list of accomplishments is pretty long. Oh, that was yeah. the only thing she had not done was, you know, turn to the dark side. Now she could actually be the first two-time NWF women's champion. I didn't mm-hmm. know that until Noah was the one who actually told me about that. And I was like, okay. And still trying to get Nikki on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, just send her a message and uh, I will do that again. Hopefully she will be there tonight. I get a chance to talk to her. And hopefully I get a chance to talk to some other people because we were trying to get 
Riley Matthews on the show uh, yesterday. The show, which ended up being getting canceled anyway, because well, power. Mm -hmm. You got to kind of like you know electricity in order to you know to run some of these things. Yeah. But Riley had already messaged me earlier and said that she actually was sick and was not able to make it. You know, so we're trying to reschedule something hopefully for next week. Uh, We are on slate to have Savannah Sweet come on the show on Wednesday, which means the show you might not see it. Uh, It'll be dropping Wednesday evening. Um, Hopefully I can get it on YouTube the same night. It just all depends on how tired I am because doing the editing and processing on YouTube, you know, even before you even try to upload to YouTube, it takes a while. Yeah. So if I start as soon as the show ends, it's about a three hour process before it's finally ready on YouTube. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I have to edit. The editing part actually doesn't take as long. The processing part mm-hmm. does. And then the upload just. Yeah. Well, I was like, why did y'all take so long for the upload? Because yeah. <laughs> they're, because they're doing all these like copyright searches. Yeah. And I'm like, I, you know, the, I have the music at the beginning and the end. I have what I need to have in there. To mm-hmm. give proper credit, um, we've only got pop for one. Uh, we've only been pop for one copyright strike. Thank you, Tasha, <laughs> for not letting me know that song was not yours. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think I've actually messed with her about that. Say, yeah, yeah, you know that song that that, that you sent to me. Yeah, I got I got hit with the copyright strike. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, just one's not going to hurt us, you know, it's just, no. if, if they keep hitting us over and over, they're like, yeah, you can't get monetized. I'm like, well, you're not monetizing us anyway. Right. You know, we have 123 subscribers now though. So cool. Cool. You know, so it, it is kind of moving up, not as quickly as what I'd like, but it is moving. And I know part of our subscriber count on YouTube, you know, I know we have BC and J from wrestling with the truth, wrestling with the war, mm-hmm. uh, wrestling with the eighties. They have so many names right now. Uh, yeah. BC's actually set up two different YouTube channels now for the um, for their podcast, but go check those guys out uh, on if you're looking for it on your audio. Just look, you might find it under Wrestling with the Truth, uh, but you could also find it Wrestling with the World because right now he's doing a series talking all about the Monday Night Wars from the mid to late '90s. Uh, doing a absolutely fantastic job with that because when I'm listening to some of those, even though I wasn't able to keep up with it when it was happening because that was during the time I was in Japan because they're, they're around 95 right now. Uh, but some of the stuff I do remember, you know, more or less watching videos about later on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and so, yeah, I mean, but they uh, still have a great show and he has guests on there from time to time. He's actually talked about having um, hopefully both of us, but at least one of us, you know, he can yeah. get one or the other. I mean, he's he's happy with either one of us. You know, right. if we can't both be there, so um, and all that, but BC, because yeah, right now he is running solo. Jay's got some stuff that he's trying to take care of, and you know, um, just like what we say, family comes first, absolutely. And, and sometimes, I mean, you got to take care of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it happens, but yeah. uh, so you know, so he, but BC, he's doing a great job, and he likes having us on, and he's also been very supportive of both of our other podcasts, yes, namely yes. the Intellectual yes, Rockstar. Yep, the intellectual rock star and the cubicle chat. Uh, he has actually been retweeting news about both of those. And for those of you who have not listened to Dwaylon's other podcast, the intellectual rock star, go give it a listen because I am learning now. I am learning so much about Batman villains. <laughs> <And> so, 
Um, yeah, I'm still doing that series. I actually got uh, going to record, so plan on recording several episodes today. It was so busy. I missed yesterday's drop, so I'll be dropping a, one later today. And then I want to try to get a few more scheduled because with the food truck, it's kind of kind of keeps us busy all day, and uh, so yeah. kind of. And, and see, this is one of the things when we realized that both Dwayne and I were not working, uh, that was just a wild coincidence that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was like, well, maybe we can record during the day. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. No, not yet. <laughs> so, no. Um, you know, we're still trying to work out that. Uh, I'm still looking for work. Um, I have dropped some resumes this week. I'm looking for stuff that is 100% remote. If anybody mm-hmm. listening and knows something 100% remote that I can do. But I'm going 100% remote, um, preferably some type of analyst job, but really anything that where I, that I can use Excel because I'm really right. good with Excel. Um, mm-hmm. I would say intermediate to advanced-ish. You know, because uh, Excel is such a dynamic program. You mm-hmm. say, you know, you're advanced or an expert. Um, yeah, it's like, don't say it if you don't is, mean it. <laughs> yeah, there are so many things you can do with Excel. I'm st- I can do a lot. I was, uh, and some people would call me an expert at Excel. I'm like, um, I could probably do more than, way more than the average person. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to say anything, I'm probably like in the top ten to fifteen percent. But man, that it's like the top one, one to two percent of people. You know, they can do. I, I've seen people do some with some stuff with Excel. I'm like, you're just using magic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so. But, um, but you know, getting back to what I was saying, you know, if you don't have anything remote, or especially where I can use Excel, just send it my way. Uh, I do have an interview this coming week. A friend of mine from the Air Force, he actually dropped my name and my uh, email and phone number to somebody, um, to a recruiter who, um, she said, hey, send me your resume, and I did, and then I didn't hear from her for a week. And then mm-hmm. she she emailed me again. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I thought I had already replied to you." And she's like, "Do you have right. time this afternoon?" Sure do. I mean, this after this time here, nothing else. Then she replied again. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, got real busy, and so um, she's like, "When are you available next week?" I'm like, "I'm available anytime, with the exception of this one day where I have a dental appointment." And right. so. Uh, of course, that happens to be the day she sets up the interview time, you know, for, of right, course. yeah, not long after the dental appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, so I had to have an interview there. Uh, the recruiter for the job that fell through two days before my last job, you know, was ending. Yeah. Uh, she also contacted me again uh, through email and, and was asking about um a job that right now it's actually location based. I mean, it's on site in Atlanta. She said, but if they were to go remote, would you be interested? And I looked at him like, uh, yes, but <laughs> you know, there's some caveats <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm just reading over this job description. I said, yeah, it's an analyst job, you know, which is, which is cool, but it's for dispatch. And I've mm. never, you know, I've the close I've right. from the dispatch was helping our dispatch at my last company with some of their reports and helping them with Excel right. uh, in, in the pivot tables. And I said, not only that, but when the, the education requirement says high school diploma and you have an MBA, 
it's like, okay, you know, you're going to be taking a huge pay cut, yeah. you know, and not you're that, overqualified because you're overqualified. And, and that's one of the things, you know, um, bachelors on up, I'm usually pretty good, you know, um, because a bachelor, you know, have an MBA, but you go into a job that requires a bachelor's, that's not that big of a deal, you know, right. um, um, but you're jumping up from high school diploma, you know, essentially three levels up because you go associates, bachelor's, master's. And then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, they may not hire you because you you might be overqualified and therefore mm-hmm. you would, you know, or have um you would be able to pull in more money. And not necessarily with them, it's just saying that you run the risk of leaving for somewhere else where you would be able to pull in more money. And right. so that's where the overqualified um and eventually we wouldn't get to talk about wrestling, but it was a certain ex girlfriend of mine from Hopkinsville who actually explained that concept of being overqualified to me. Mm, okay. Yep. Um, and you know who I'm talking about mm-hmm. um, yep. because she worked at Hopkinsville community college at the time, cause she was a student there. So she had one of the student, you know, jobs there. Mm-hmm. And I had been let go uh, and laid off from a factory I was working at. And so I, um, of course, went through the unemployment office and I was, um, put in this it was like a one-day class or one-night class we were basically taking this test uh for a job with a factory that was going to be opening up there in hopkinsville and uh the job was going to require like welding and some other stuff and Mm -hmm. um and then of course i mean i blew through the test and you know thought it pretty good and they said we're only going to select like you know 10 people you know and there was you know there's probably 50 of us in there and I'm thinking, okay, you know, bam, I blew the test out of the water. Seemed pretty easy. I was not one of the people picked. Oh, well. And I'm like, what the crap? And she said, you scored too high. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? I think, how do you score too high on the test? And she finally explained the concept of, oh, being overqualified. She said, mm-hmm. she's like, you scored high there. They're afraid that you're going to take, because it was a, a welder's job that you're going to learn everything you know they can teach you about welding and then take it somewhere and else and go somewhere yep. else she's like they're looking for people who need this job that they're not going to just jump at first chance mm-hmm. to get i'm like okay um and plus it's, they want somebody that they can train their way that doesn't have all the qualifications right already so you know they're getting a blank slate, so to speak. Yep. Um, and I say that, and in between, before we get going with our actual wrestling news, I'm going to take a swig of my coffee from my armchair booking <laughs> tumbler, one that, unfortunately, you cannot buy anymore, but you can get other stuff at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. That is where you can get our merch. Yep. So if you're watching this on YouTube, but now hopefully – You've already seen like the scrolling marquee that I have coming through there because it has that website and our email address going at the same time. You'll probably see that about every 10 minutes or so. You'll see that scrolling across. At least that's, that's how I try to set it up. Right. <laughs> but but in, the, in between that, you'll also see uh, the uh, – it's, really, it's not links, but it, it'll actually give you the usernames for this podcast on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and of course YouTube. If you watch on YouTube, I mean you don't really need that, but I just put it on yeah. there anyway. Why not? 
but you'll also see uh, intellectual rock star, and you'll also see Dwaylon's uh, actual his actual Twitter. And I try to get uh, big and fat on there as well. Uh, I have so many because I mean, um, on there sometimes I'll go. Through, I've actually, um, I think I've actually skipped it a couple of times. I need to make sure I get it on there, and I make sure I need to also need to make sure I have the correct ones because when first time I put intellectual rock star on there, I still had um, at fat underscore daddy seventy three. Oh, okay. I didn't notice it <laughs> until the next episode, and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap!" <laughs> so, but either way, go and check those out. Um, you know, all our merch are all our social media. By the way, email us that you know at um, at Armchair Booking Podcast at Gmail. Give us show ideas. Mm-hmm. Give us your feedback. And if you go onto Apple Podcasts, if that's your preferred platform, you give us a a five star rating and a review. I'll read it on the air. Uh, if you're on some kind of platform where you can give a rating, but not a review necessarily, take a screenshot of the rating and then email. You can email either one of us or both of us, or you can send a message through one of the social medias to somehow get it mm-hmm. to us. And we'll also read that on the air as well. But now on to the real reason everybody came to join us all about wrestling news. And unfortunately, I got to start out on a sad note. Um, a couple of days ago, and we we saw this coming because it had been the yeah. news that he was in ill health. Uh, former WWF heavyweight champion, superstar Billy Graham, WWE Hall of Famer, unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Yep. Um, 79 years old. You know, uh, if you want to talk about somebody who was a big influence on some of the biggest stars... Um, oh wow! Like Hulk Hogan <laughs> would not Hulk, be Hulk Hogan it, without superstar Billy that, Graham. That's the first I mean, one that comes to mind. I mean, the first, the the top three. Uh, there's so many more that were influenced by superstar Billy Graham, but the top three that always come to mind is, of course, Hulk Hogan, uh, Jesse Ventura, and Scott mm-hmm. Steiner. Once he became Big Papa Pump. Yep. Because and... like like I'd seen somewhere on YouTube, I forget the channel. Um but they were talking about, you know, his influence, not just on particular wrestlers, but on the sport itself. It's like he was bright technicolor mm-hmm. in, a, in a time where everything, where everybody was used to everything being just black and white and cut and dry. Then here comes superstar Billy Graham with the, you know, the tie-dyed tights and the, you know, the bleach blonde hair and the physique and everything. And it was just really, it was like a breath of fresh air for pro wrestling. It was something, something new. He, even though I, even though I despise the term sports entertainment, he was the first sports entertainer. Yep. Um, that, and that's exactly what Triple H said about him mm. when they inducted him in the hall of fame in 2004. So, I mean, we're yeah. talking like an early, yeah. earlier, induction into the um the hall of fame and you talk about somebody that really should have been first ballot you know first oh year. yeah yeah um but andre the giant who by the way andre the giant's birthday i think it was yesterday mm-hmm. um andre the giant was the first person ever going to wwe hall of fame and he was the only person who went in that particular year right um, but if you want to have a list of other people who should have gone in you know or who would if they were going to do more than one person yeah. who would have gone in superstar billy graham was you know he yeah. would have been in there and regardless of how you know 
course, it's been well documented, his thoughts on the company, especially mm-hmm. later in his life and his thoughts on the business as a whole. But regardless of that, he should still be celebrated for his contributions to pro wrestling because a lot of our favorites would not would not exist without superstar Billy Graham. The charisma there, that he also brought to the interviews. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and the the mic skills. I mean he was another one that was like an early, you know, he was an early pioneer of mic skills. I mean he could talk them into the building, you know, every night. And he was just a legend. That word gets thrown out a lot, but superstar Billy Graham was absolutely a legend in pro wrestling. Anybody who they say, okay, we're going to give the nod for you to beat Bruno Sammartino. There are two two people that beat Bruno Sammartino. Yeah. Ivan Koloff and superstar Billy Billy Graham. Yeah. And Ivan Koloff only held the belt for what, three weeks, four weeks before he was beat by Pedro. Yeah. Superstar Billy Graham held the belt for over a little over a year. Uh-huh. And he was so he was the first non-transitional heel champion mm-hmm. for the WWF yep. and then later on the WWF. And even when he lost it to Backland, yeah. There was still talk then maybe we shouldn't take it off of him because he's still he was still hot. Building. He was red hot, yeah. And even though he was a heel, he was getting just as many cheers as the faces were because of his presentation and his charisma and just the whole package. And I mean, and I dare say Billy Graham, he may have been influenced a little bit by Muhammad Ali because some of the things that mm-hmm. he said, yeah. you know, uh, quick, like, quick, like a butterfly sting, like a bee. Mm-hmm. And of course, after that, you know, it's take whichever way you want to. Yeah. And you know, I'm the I'm the tower power too sweet to be sour. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I mean, how many people even to this day, you know, still kind of say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Dusty Rhodes would say it. Then and he's talking about. Oh yeah. The, Dusty's another one that was influenced by superstar Billy Graham. Yep, and he freely admit, admitted it. Oh yeah. And they actually had um, a series of classic matches in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And because they had that bull rope match. Yeah. And. Which you don't see many of those nowadays. Um, I think maybe they should bring that back just because we need more cowbell. And well, that <laughs> yeah, and it's just. But I need somebody besides WWE to to do it that understands the rules yes. of a bull rope match because WWE's version is just ridiculous. Uh, they'll they'll do something goofy with it, um, mm-hmm. but. You know, he was the first one to talk about it. I think he actually had the 24-inch pythons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course, Hulk Hogan, later on, you know, messed with yeah. the 24-inch pythons, brother. I mean, Hogan pretty much just copy and pasted Superstar Billy Graham's, yep. you know. And it's like, oh, I need all the good stuff from Superstar Billy Graham. Paste it over here. Call it Hulkamania, and let's go. <laughs> And Billy Graham, his physique, unfortunately, uh, came about, and he admitted it. I mean, because at the mm-hmm. time, it was not illegal. I mean, it was uh, the steroids. Mm-hmm. And he said that they they wish they would have known then the, the adverse effects later on of steroids, because he had to have, I think, both hips replaced. He had to have all sorts of surgeries. and uh, um, His ankles, mm-hmm. um, 
it caused damage in both his ankles. Yeah, like you said, his hips and just, yeah. Um, yeah, I wish a lot of those guys had known back then what we all know now about steroids. And uh, the first time I, I remember seeing Billy Graham was actually on Mid-Atlantic uh, television. He came in, this was so weird. He came in to help Boogie Woogie Man, of course, you mean mm-hmm. I've always stayed Boogie Woogie Man. He was my favorite back in the day. Right. He came in to help the Boogie Woogie Man against Paul Jones. Um, and it was like a, it was almost like a one off. It may have been actually at Starcade 84. And then they did that, and Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Viant, lost that match. It was a Loser Leaves Town, uh, it was a Loser Leaves Town tuxedo street fight. I can't tell you, you know, I can't tell you how many hey, that, times. That's, that's packing I, a lot of gimmicks in one match. It is. <laughs> um, the only ones that I, I saw do even more was Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Duggan back in the Mid-South days mm-hmm. uh, before Ted DiBiase inherited all his millions and before his, his son started embezzling from the Mississippi Welfare <laughs> Fund. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a story for mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um but they did the same thing, Tuxedo Street Fight in a cage. <laughs> they were also in a cage. And Wow. Uh and there may have been another stipulation on that too. It was like they threw like everything they could into one match and mm-hmm. it's like, all right, that's a little much. I'll need to kind of tone that down. But yeah, it's like not that bad. Yeah. Uh but Billy Graham, he he came in to help Boogie. And I want to say he came to the ring with Bad to the Bone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that changed later on. It was just all of a sudden, like a month later, two months later, he was with Paul Jones mm-hmm. and, and his music. They also had him portrayed as a martial arts champion. He was, I mean, he still had the physique. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. But he had a shaved yeah, head. He, he, yeah. He had, and he had the gi and everything. Yeah. And he had a, he, at the time he only had the mustache, but it was like the sinister villain looking mustache. Mm-hmm. Like you see at a movie. Yeah, and the music all of a sudden was kung fu fighting, <laughs> which doesn't matter what you think about the song; it is catchy. <laughs> it's very catchy, but it's like it's like no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Carl, Carl Douglas, one hit wonder. Because I can't cannot mm. think of anything else Carl Douglas ever sang, but. But you hear that song, and it just starts off boom. Everybody was kung fu fighting, yeah. and you're like. All right, you know, yeah, yeah. Then you realize this is kind of a screwed up song, but um, maybe they did it for a movie and it just it just took off. I don't know. And and apparently, my watch is trying to tell me, um, I have no idea. Maybe you're the problem, official. What (laughs) Ava Max? Maybe you're the problem. I have no idea what that was all about. Oh, wow. Uh, my watch, yeah. Uh, uh, she's kind of possessed, apparently. But uh, then he was there for a bit. And actually, I want to say he teamed with Abdul the Butcher. And I, you know, there's a reason I bring that up because we were talking about his mm-hmm. Billy Graham statements later on. Yeah. Um. But then he disappeared again. And then he showed back up in WWF and he had the, the real thick goatee, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, what you call it? The, the Van Dyke and the goatee, all that together. Yeah. Yeah. And 
you know, and it was actually real thick and bushy. It's actually kind of yeah. impressive. Yeah. And he was back there and he was wearing the tie dye again. He was yep. not doing the martial arts thing again, but, um, but then he had to have real life hip, hip replacement surgery. And so they mm-hmm. showed him in these vignettes, him like trying to climb up these mountains and cliffs in Arizona. Cause that's where he was from was Arizona. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, and that really that you could tell, I mean, he was at the tail end of his career because like his health can't, you know, his body can't take yeah. any more of this punishment. Yeah. He was even, he was a manager for um, Don Morocco when Morocco had his second run. That's right. In WWE. Yeah. Uh, but real name was Elmer Wayne Coleman. And he actually changed his ring name in honor of the Reverend Billy Graham. Okay. Because Hope asked me if that's if if that's where he got the name from, and I'm yep. like, I'm not sure. I'll have to tell her she was right. Yep. Uh, okay, that that was one of the things. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to necessarily tell somebody's. You know, we always say um, it's a real personality cranked up to eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with him, you wouldn't think that. By the way, this guy is actually in real life. He's <laughs> he's very religious. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, he actually was and. Uh, but then, unfortunately, later on, he became kind of outspoken against WWE, and it was when they inducted Abdullah the Butcher into the Hall of Fame, which that one was a head scratcher anyway because he was never in WWE. But yeah, honestly, I I kind of agreed with him. It's like I get inducting WCW athletes. You know, that may have not necessarily a lot of them worked for WWE, but there are some that didn't. But WWE owns that tape library. They own everything to do with WCW. So it makes sense. But inducting like Abdullah the Butcher made no sense because he never had any dealings with WWE. Right. Um, and And I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about Abdullah, but it's not. Abdullah wasn't one of those wrestlers that pushed the business forward. He had one niche and mm-hmm. he always stayed stayed in that particular spot. And it was, you know, the precursor to hardcore wrestling. You know, it was violent, mm-hmm. but that's what Abdullah was about. And that's the only thing he was about. It wasn't about moving things forward. So I don't. Mm, I don't know. A Hall of Fame induction for Abdullah was a little, yeah, I was kind of scratching my head about that one too. Yeah. And with Billy Graham, he said a bloodthirsty animal. And it because it came out that Abby, Abby had hep C, but he kept it a and secret. He kept it a secret and then kept bleeding all over, all over people in these violent matches. So yeah, that's not cool at all. Right. And now he ended up losing you know, his other business because he had mm-hmm. Abdullah's um, house of ribs and Chinese or Chinese mm-hmm. ribs or whatever. He had a couple of locations in Atlanta and he ended up losing those. He had to close down yeah. because they're like, Hey, the owner's got hep C. It's like, don't eat there. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because he was also involved, you know, with some of the day to day stuff. And so he mm-hmm. could have walked in there and you see these divots. I mean, he, the man could just bleed just at, almost at will. Oh yeah. I mean, he could have like just, furrowed his brow and started bleeding as deep as those cuts were in his forehead from all those years of getting split open. And, you know, of course now you see Abdul the butcher. I mean, he's in really, really bad shape. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, he's also, I, I want to say he's probably in his 80s. Probably. Yeah. Because I mean, he was wrestling before you and I were even born. Yeah. So, so. And I'm guessing WWE's way around that was because Abdullah did have, you know, a handful of appearances in WCW, like in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's their thinking, but it's still, that's still say, Ivan Koloff should have had that spot. Former Absolutely. WWE champion. He beat Bruno San Martino. He should have, he should be in the Hall of Fame, not Abdullah the Butcher. Yep. But that's another discussion for another day. <laughs> uh, and ironically enough, they were also both in uh, Mid Atlantic at the same time, at least mm-hmm. Abdullah for, you know, just a cup of coffee because that's how he rolled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, um, he was kind of the lone wolf renegade. It's like if he just show up, you know, kind of outlaw, you know, showing yeah. up in your town and gambling, taking all your, your stuff, robbing a bank and leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. Unless um, it was Puerto Rico. He stayed there. <laughs> he stayed there. I mean, he was he was making some pretty good scratch there. So. Yeah. Uh, but then he got electrocuted in WCW. You know, got the yeah. belly to belly suplexed into the electric chair. and Yeah. You know, um, and then came back the next night like nothing happened. It's like, yeah, like it was nothing. So yeah. it's like. You couldn't even keep him off TV for a few weeks to sell it. It's like, nah, yeah, nah, just he's fine. Back. He'll be all right. You no, know, all Hulk. You know, the giant fell off the top of the arena. Uh, he'll be back in an hour. Yeah, and uh, and it was never discussed even in the pay per view how he survived the fall. Yeah, it was just like, oh, the giant's back. All right, cool. And by the way, here yeah. comes this guy dressed up, you know, in a whole bunch of toilet paper. What are they doing, to Hulk Hogan? Yeah, and it's uh, like, we'll just... <laughs> he looks like a mummy, but you're calling him the Yeti. No, that's not. The Yeti. Somebody, somebody did not do their research. <laughs> oh, but uh, but we will say rest in peace, Billy Graham. You know, absolutely. Uh, one, he had the the label of legend, and he absolutely earned it. And you know, his influence is going to be felt still for years to come. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of legends, you know, of course, we have somebody whose moniker started out. Okay, this is almost a bad taste. Is that? Le- Moniker started as a legend killer. I say that mm-hmm. as soon as we're saying rest in peace about a legend. Right. But, but uh, I mean, that's. But, you know, uh, it's on my, it's the next thing on my list to talk about. So right. <laughs> we'll just go with it. Uh, Randy Orton has been told by doctors that he should probably never, ever wrestle again. Yeah. Because of, um, it was the back surgery, wasn't it? Yeah. He had a uh, fusion on his lower back. Uh, I think the last time that he wrestled was. I think may of last year it's been almost a year yeah that he hasn't wrestled um the, i think they attribute a lot out of the 20 years of hitting the rko i mean you're laying flat on your back yeah every single night you know it's gonna take a toll after a while and he's you know randy sells that you know he he hits that move perfect and but that's got to be because, you know, anybody listening or watching who doesn't know how the ring is, there's a thin, there's a paper thin mat over plywood. And these guys, you know, he's hitting his back on plywood every single night. It's not a trampoline like, you know, people mm-hmm. think it is. It's a thin mat and plywood. And he's been doing that for 20 years. If they had any kind of padding up underneath that mat, it's also really thin, but it's not mm-hmm. to get cushion. It's to make sure that the 
the actual yeah. fabric stays flat, you yep. know, instead yep. of in case if the yeah, it's, it looks like um, looks like the type of stuff you put on your bed to kind of yep kind of cushion. It's just like a flat little thin piece of foam over the wood, and then the the ring apron, the the ring mat is put over top of it. Or or like if you were pull up the carpet in your house, yeah, that little yeah. thin layer there. Mm -hmm. Not to say the same kind of stuff, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, him doing the RKO night after night, sometimes multiple times in a night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you can kind of compare it to Hulk Hogan. You know, him having to have so many back surgeries because of him doing the leg drop. Yeah, and the hips. Yeah, night after night of. He said, if he Hogan has has gone on record saying if he knew what he knew then, what he knew now, he'd have come up with a different finisher because he's like did not realize the wear and tear that just simply dropping a leg on somebody yeah. would do. But yeah, night after night, you know, and Hogan was, you know, 300 plus mm-hmm. and dropping, you know, and he, he didn't just drop it. I mean, he would bounce off the ropes and jump and drop it and bring in 300, 300 pounds down mm-hmm. on your hips and lower back. is not going to, for 30 years, it's not going to bode well for you. Yeah, because, I mean, you're talking about that jar motion because you're coming right down on your rear end. Mm-hmm. And, and so all that that um, that impact is going to be moving straight up your spine. Yep. You know, so it'll definitely affect your neck. I actually, I've read of stories about people who actually, they they slipped, landed on their butt, but mm-hmm. like basically broke their nose because of the impact. Oh, yeah. And it went straight up their spine. Yep. And with Orton, and nothing Orton did was subtle. You know, no. Hogan was very slow and methodical, except for when he yeah. wrestled in Japan. But I mean, Hogan yeah. didn't have to be quick and flashy. He just had to throw no. a boot in their face and then jump, drop the leg, and yeah. that was it. Um, Randy Orton, I mean, was explosive. Yeah. And and when they say RKO out of nowhere, I mean, he was literally hitting that thing from from angles that you'd never think it could be hit. Yep. Um. Now the throwing that from out of nowhere every time, we're like, no, we saw that coming. He was, he was pressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, because uh, I remember one, the one time I actually tweeted, you know, hit the RKO just like we always thought he was going to, and I tagged you yeah. and Conrad Thompson. Conrad Thompson yeah. actually retweeted it. And I was like, yeah, there you like go. We know so, it's, it's like we know it's coming, but I mean, there were a few that were like, they wow, they were, like were he, definitely out of nowhere. Like when he hit Evan Bourne with the RKO when he was coming out of the shooting star. Yeah. Uh, he hit that one. Uh, there was another one, uh, WrestleMania when he was facing he Seth, Seth Rollins, hit that one, hit one on Dolph Ziggler. at I think it was night of champions back in 2012. Maybe he went from a, went from a power bomb position to an RKO. Like he, okay. like Dolph jumped at him. Orton caught him, tossed him up, and RKO'd him. And, uh, of course, the RKO, we knew it even before that as the diamond cutter. You know, it's diamond the same cutter. Thing. Yep. Or the, and the only thing I'm ever going to give Clown Shoes credit on, John Laurinaitis, for people who don't know who Clown Shoes is, he was the inventor of what is the RKO or the diamond cutter. It was called the Ace Crusher. Yep. He inv- invented that in Japan. And you hate giving him credit because he has clown shoes, but I hate giving him credit because he sucked at everything else, but he gave us that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, boss. 
You know, am yeah. I just my brother? No, you're not as good as your brother. Your brother's Absolutely literally not. a road warrior. <laughs> yeah. You're not. You're not. As your good brother's good. literally a living legend, and you're not. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Stop staring at your stepdaughters, because yeah, creeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they used to advertise the diamond cutter same way. It could they could just hit it from out of anywhere, from any angle, any time of the match, and. And that was in WCW. And then, of course, later on, Randy Orton with the RKO, it was same thing. The Diamond Cutter, I like the Diamond Cutter. always did. But I like the RKO better because the Diamond Cutter, there was too much setup. You, you, I mean, yeah. you saw it yep. coming from a mile away because he had to get them in a certain position to be able to hit it. Orton, and that just goes to the difference in the athleticism between DDP and Orton. Orton's athleticism let him hit it quicker and from different angles than DDP could hit the diamond cut. And I don't, you know, I think if um, Diamond Dallas Page ever tried to RKO, um, oh my God. Randy? I just, um, <laughs> no, um, Nia Jax. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know why, like I said, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I next think year, she's just going to throw him. <laughs> yeah. But Randy Orton was able to, to RKO Nia Jax during the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Diamond, Dallas Page. I mean, a great Diamond Page, he's a big dude. I and mean, that's the reason he had to become a wrestler because he was a manager. But unfortunately, he was three inches taller than everybody he was managing. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of the people he managed, he was bigger than. Yeah, except for, I mean, Except for Scott Hall, yeah. everybody else that he managed, he was a lot bigger than they were. And Randy Orton's not a small guy. I mean, he's about what six no, Orton himself. No, I think he's actually. I think they list him as like six three or six four. Okay. I mean, of course, we know how wrestling goes. He might right. be closer to six two, but he's still a good two thirty five, two forty. I mean, he's just tall and thin, and not a lot of body fat on him. Even no. at even at his age, I mean, he's in his yeah, early even 40s yeah, now. yeah, and but, yeah, yeah. And, I just hate that. I hate that. I hate that's how his career possibly ends. Hopefully, you know, we can get one more match. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, of course, granted, you know, they keep they keep bringing back Edge. Hopefully, Edge's last match is soon because it's hard watching his matches. You know, because you it know is, he shouldn't be in there. Yeah, and my thing is, it's like, how long is it going to be before he gets hurt again? And this time it'll be worse than it was last time. Right. And, um, like, Stone Cold, okay, they let him come back for the one match against um, Kevin Owens. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, and he worked He worked a brawl. He didn't have to work a catch-as-catch-can wrestling match. Right. So, you know, he, he got to wrestle a brawl, so it worked out good. And so we know Stone Cold, he's not interested in coming back any, anymore. Um, mm -mm. And it's not going to be like Ric Flair, you know, who's in his 70s and still wanting to come back for one more match, one more match. We're like, dude, just knock it off. It's like, just stop. It's you like, literally, it's you literally passed out twice during your last match. Yeah. And then faked a heart attack, which is extremely poor taste. It's yeah. like, come on, stop. And, you know, with Randy Orton, um, you know, with his injuries, I mean, I don't want to say he's injury prone because I think what it was for him, 
I'm definitely not going to be like the one um, idiot who called him soft. And so Randy no. Orton showed up on his show. Yeah. And, and it was legitimately, you know, he was pretty mad. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. he said, you're going to keep calling me soft? Because Randy Orton's also known, I, I think he's kind of calmed it down now, thankfully, but he was known for kind of having a temper. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why he was given a bad conduct discharge at the Marine Corps. Yeah. Um, they even played they even played into his bad temper as a character trait, like when he was like the the psycho version of mm-hmm. of Orton, where he would just snap and attack people and then not remember doing it and things like that. Um they kind of played into that. But yeah, from what I've from what I've read and what how people talked about him, it's he's kind of mellowed out. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I mean, he's, you know, he's a husband and a father. And... Yep. Yeah. I think also when cops were legitimately getting involved because of altercations with fans, that's when you're like, yeah, yeah you should kind of calm it down. Like, but yeah, uh, you have to dial it back, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the dude, I can't, I have to find the video on YouTube, but the guy called him soft. And so Randy Orton, he showed up and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, why would you invite somebody onto your show who you're constantly like yeah, constantly down. taking jabs at, but then you're going to, yeah. Call him on the show. Yeah, so Orton was kind of pissed, and he showed up, and he's like, "You keep calling me soft," and so was, and he was yeah. being serious. And the guy kind of realized maybe I shouldn't have been saying that. And yeah. you know, I was so I would definitely not call him soft. And I don't know if injury prone would be accurate. I think what it was, I mean, he he's a competitor, and so when he did get hurt, which people in wrestling get hurt, you know, I think he was coming back too early, and he wasn't fully healed he up. Ready. Yeah. 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 And then he's also got like, you know, his like his collarbone and stuff like that is like hypersensitive and he can turn it just turn his, you know, the wrong way and yep. get hurt. And that's not any fault of his own. That's just how got, his body is. He got hurt the one time like with his shoulder and his collarbone. And it's and after that, I mean it's kinda like when I broke my collarbone you know, when we were sophomores and I bunny hopped a 10 speed and the, the mm-hmm. wheel turned like that and the whole bike slipped and yeah, never, never, ever bunny hopped a 10 speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I broke my collarbone and even now it's not straight, you know, right. on this side. This side is fine. This one's not. Yeah. But it's the same thing with Orton. I mean, the, your, your body from broken bones and surgery, it's never going to be exactly as it was before. And you're always yep. going to have those spots that are prone. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and so, of course, I mean, he had that. I mean, it's just human nature. And like I said, in his his style, like I said, I mean, it's not subtle. No. <laughs> you know, so. It's quick. I mean, he's called the Viper, the apex predator. He's mm-hmm. supposed to strike, you know, and that's what he does. And, I mean, it takes a toll after a while. But, I mean, Orton's, a lot of people don't want to admit it, but Orton's a legend. I mean, yeah. because look what. Look what he is. Look what he is now compared to when he started back in twenty in two thousand two. He yep. was white meat baby face, just like John Cena was, and you know, then he, you know, he had he had a lot of growing pains and mm-hmm. maturity issues, but he grew. He grew into a legend. He built himself into a legend, and. Yeah, just to show you, you know, the one time he popped his shoulder 
he was doing this thing where he bangs on the mat with his yes. office, boom, it's like yep. oh and it popped it out. Yep. You know, so yep. um it's like maybe you know, I hope we haven't seen his last match. I hope he comes back. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. Uh but I mean, but that shows you, I mean, he um you know, take this time off to fully heal up. Yeah. You know, as much as what he can before coming back. Um and maybe he'll come back and actually beat Roman for the title. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this should give people, this should make people stop and think about how much these wrestlers give of themselves mm -hmm. night in and night out. Yep. And uh, speaking of Roman, um, I didn't watch SmackDown last night or Raw on Monday, but I did catch the, the Simon on your on the what culture wrestling ups and downs. I love mm-hmm. watching that just so I can at least see what's going on. And Roman and Solo Sokoa are now going to be in the tag team title match at Night of Champions. Yeah, it's to further the whole breakdown of the bloodline thing because he's mad because Roman's mad because the Usos lost the tag titles at WrestleMania. And then, because he's like, you know, you're in the main event of WrestleMania and you lose, you know, you're representing our family and you lose the titles in the main event of WrestleMania. Then they lost the rematch, so they didn't get the tag titles back. And so Roman's like, well, I've got to do what I always do, and that's represent the bloodline. So me and Solo are going to go win the tag titles. I'm sure they're not. This is just, to me, this is where... Eventually, this is the going to be the Uso face turn because they're going to have enough after a while. Possibly a solo turn on Roman as well because on uh, SmackDown last night, uh, Roman was arguing with the Usos, and then he turned around to walk away and like and shoulder bumps Solo, and it was an accident. But Solo's looking at him like, "I know you just didn't touch me," and Roman's like. Never mind, and left. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. So the story's still interesting because it's like, how much are the Usos going to take, and where does their brother stand? Is he going to stand with Roman, or is he going to side with his brothers? But I, mean, I don't think you needed to put them in the tag team title scene when Roman's a world champion and should be defending. And you know, in any kind of real life situation, you know, anytime you have some kind of family. You know, um, mm-hmm. interfuting. Um, if if I'm neutral ish, mm-hmm. but I'm still more or less forced to take a side. If if my sister was having some kind of beef with one of our cousins, mm-hmm. I would probably go with her. Yeah. Even yeah. if I didn't, you know, if if they're both now, she's a, totally in the wrong. I'd say, look, you're totally yeah. wrong. But I wouldn't go necessarily align myself. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna be like. I, hey, I'm you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking dying. myself out of it. Yeah, um, you know, because I mean, I, I mean, on my dad's side of the family, we have a huge family. My dad was the youngest of twelve, and so I have a mm-hmm. ton of cousins. Right. You know, but we'd have situations like that where you'd cousins would get to arguing about something, and mm-hmm. uh, in fact, it still happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm like one of the youngest of you know what we call the grandkids, and I'm yeah. almost fifty, and we still have. You know, some of that, but yeah, there have been times, you know, where all of a sudden you'd see like two siblings are kind of mad at these other mm-hmm. set of siblings. 
And I think with Solo Sokoa, Common Logic said he's going to side with his brothers against their cousin. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I think yeah, the bloodline, which has been called one of the greatest storylines, you know, ever. Oh, yeah. People oh, yeah. love it. Yeah. But, um, and it hasn't run out of steam. Nope. I just don't. It's just, it's gone a different direction, which is good. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that the tag titles need to be involved in order for this story to continue because this is WWE. Mm-hmm. It always makes sense. But logically, Roman and Solo are not going to win the tag titles because there's going to be some kind of miscommunication. Either the Usos are going to try to get involved to help them win, cost them the match, or Solo's going to walk out on Roman or something. But there's going to be some bloodline issues that cost Roman and Solo the tag titles. Um, I'm pretty sure next week, you know, amongst all the, the episodes, because we're, we're kind of looking at our schedule next week and, mm-hmm. um, you know, speaking of which kind of a slightly off subject, kind of a sidebar next week, we're probably returning to the Monday, Thursday recording. Uh, plus we have one scheduled for Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I could see unless, well, we could probably throw this uh, along with an interview. If we have an interview going on Thursday, because we might possibly have a few interviews next week, mm-hmm. um, along with, you know, uh, Miss Savannah Sweet, who was yeah. the, the PGWA Rookie of the Year, you know, mm-hmm. this year. So, uh, but she's going to be coming on Wednesday to promote Women's Revolution, which is happening next weekend. But I could see us probably doing a preview of Night of Champions, which is also oh, happening yeah. next weekend. Yep. Um, and, go ahead, because I know uh, you're. <laughs> oh, well, I was thinking what I could see happening, and it also kind of depends because we also have a Raw and a SmackDown that's going to happen before then. So, I mean, yeah. so I'm just throwing this out. This is kind of early. I could see the Usos purposely costing them the match, not even trying to help them and accidentally screw it up. I could see them getting that just, mad and just saying, oh, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Well, I mean, Roman has been humiliating them on television week after week, just talking yeah, exactly. down to them. ever since they lost the tag titles, just talking down to them and berating them on TV every week. And nobody's going to get any support when you act like that. No, no. So, so another interesting thing, which we've talked about a lot, is uh, Sami Zayn's no longer banned in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, I actually had to look up what exactly happened there. And the ban on Syrians entering the mm-hmm. company or company entering the country yep. was lifted. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, so it's safe for Sammy to go. Uh, of course, Kevin Owens is his best friend. He always stayed away from the Saudi shows in support of Sammy. Of course, they're the tag champions, so we'll see them in Saudi. Yep, and you know the only the only Saudi show Kevin Owens has done was the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, uh, that's the only one he's done, and he yep. you know he stayed away out of support for his best friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, there's only five matches um, that are scheduled. Um, mm-hmm. I can definitely see more being added. Oh yeah, they're going to add more, but they'll they'll book them last minute like they normally yep. do. I just don't like 
here's the thing. It's called Night of Champions. My thing is, if you're going to call it Night of Champions, then every title should be defended. So Roman should be defending his championship. I mean, you're crowning a new world heavyweight champion on the show. So why is your current world heavyweight champion not defending his title? Instead, <laughs> exactly. He's in a you know he's in a makeshift tag team with his cousin, ch- chasing the tag titles. It's like there's no intercontinental title match as of yet. Uh, actually, Unless, there is. Oh, there is, is it Gunther is Mustafa and... Ali? Yep. Is he getting his title shot at Matt? Yes. Okay, he's getting night champion. Uh, what about the United States title? That one's not on there, um, which to be honest with you, I don't have an issue with that one not being on there, but the only reason why is because it's the U.S. title. Yeah. So you defend it in the U.S. Yeah, in the States, yeah. In the States. What it's about... Like, I never like the European title being defended in the States. That one should be defended in Europe. Now, Intercontinental, like European... though, that's... Go ahead. I never liked the European title being defended in the States, and I didn't like the European title not being on somebody from Europe. Right. Because, I mean, you've had a lot of European champions that had no ties to Europe at all. I mean, Shawn Michaels was a European champion. Mark Henry was a European champion. I mean, they're from Texas. I mean, it's like, (laughs) come on. I mean, you, you, and the thing is, the title was created, you know, and the British Bulldog was the first European champion. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. They should have kept, they should have kept that going. Yeah, made sense. But, and, you know, with, with the Intercontinental title, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that one was a combining of the North American and South American titles <clears throat> in that tournament <laughs> down in Rio, which Pat Patterson, yeah. you know, he yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Uh, if yeah. anybody doesn't know, go look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was the combination of those two continents, yeah. and you know, but I mean, it's almost a, it's like almost a world title, you know. Yeah. So we can defend it, well, because guess what? Saudi Arabia, yeah, is yeah, is on another continent. It's yeah. Um, I want to say yeah. Saudi Arabia is considered to be Asia. Um. Yes. I believe you're right. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, if they go to Egypt, Egypt's part of Africa. People forget that. Yeah. So, yeah. Y'all need to go to Egypt at least one point at some point. But, yeah. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Anybody that was <laughs> listening, you know, just hear us out. We have ideas. But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I think actually that ought to be a pretty good match because Gunther, he is just on fire. Oh, yeah. And Mustafa Ali is a, he is very underrated. He's, yes, he is extremely skilled. And I'm glad he's finally getting an opportunity. He's not going to win it. I'm just putting that out there no. now. Um, but he's going to, I think he's going to put on a great match. And at least he's getting this kind of spotlight, which is long overdue for him. Yep. Um, I've always liked Mustafa Ali anytime I've seen him go. Um, he seems to be another one who he gets kind of injury prone. Mm-hmm. Um, because once again, his style is also not subtle. And so, when yeah, he's, yeah. Anytime you have a high flyer like like him, like uh, Ricochet, because I know the first time I saw Ricochet in WWE, I think I remember even texting you going, "I like him. I worry about him because yeah, yeah, he's his style. I mean, is um set himself up for a lot of injuries because I mean it's very high flyers 
also have very high impact moves. And I was just getting ready to say, yeah, Ricochet's move set is very high impact, yep. especially on his knees and his mm-hmm. ankles. You know, and you know, because the way he lands, you know, which is his agility is uncanny, but it's like still after a while, it's got to take its toll on the joints. And Mustafa Ali, I mean, he's um, he's not as aerial as um, as Ricochet, but Mustafa Ali is still he's oh yeah more of a flyer than yeah Matt guy, and so that 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 leads you more prone to get injured. And yep. I'm glad that you know, they are putting him in one of the premier matches. Um, well, one of the only matches that are scheduled so far. Yeah. And and Gunther has shown that Gunther, he's another one. He's a heel, but the crowds love him because oh, of yeah. his ability. Yeah. And I mean, and the, a lot of the crowd are like, a lot of people in the crowd are like me, and they have followed him through the indies to WWE. And it's like, they know what he's about. They know how good he is. And he's just continues to get better. And that one with Mustafa Ali, um, I think he was actually born in Chicago. Yes. His family. Okay. Yeah. yeah. His family had immigrated from Pakistan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he was born in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Um, oh, his real name suburb, is suburb, suburb of Chicago. Yeah. Adil Alam. Okay. Um, uh, son of a Pakistani father from Karachi. Uh, oh, and an Indian mother from New Delhi. Oh, okay. I know that. Okay. Interesting. Um, so that's like Romeo and Juliet in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and if people don't know, just look up the history between the two countries. Yeah. It's not a great one. Um, and I have friends from both. I mean, literally, right. I have friends from both Pakistan and India, <laughs> um, and they don't have an issue, you know, with yeah. And, but anyway, um, but with Mustafa Ali, with his family being um, very devout Muslim, mm-hmm. and and he's also um, a babyface. Yeah, he, he's going to be getting some serious cheers over there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, and I don't know if there's any kind of animosity between Saudi Arabia and Pakistan, I don't think there is any, as far as I know. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look into the, you know, the, uh, the relations between the country. You can look in like any kind right. of, you know, thing and just find out, Hey, how do they get along with this country? You know, cause certain countries just don't get along. Yeah. I mean, just bad is North Korea, South Korea really don't get along with each other, you know? Um, but North Korea also had the two largest, audiences for wrestling matches ever you know mm-hmm. which is now they may have been forced to go but, right um but that's a story for another day and you know i really don't want to go down the realm of politics which like international yeah. politics yeah because, uh if you if you listen to one of my latest cubicle chat episodes i start talking about rabbit holes and uh documentaries of north korea is a rabbit hole you can i was doing research about north korea a long time ago Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you've watched like seven documentaries in a row just because you're like, wow, okay, I didn't know that. You're like, oh, I <laughs> it's like, like I didn't know oh, that. I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap, I'm supposed to write a paper on this. Hold on. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, I mean, I don't think Mustafa Ali is going to win it. I think it will be a good match. Oh, um, yeah. It'll I be think, an excellent match. But... Yeah. I think they're going to showcase both of them because Gunther, I mean, he's been proving himself over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He's the record holder now for the for the longevity in the Rumble, even though he didn't win. Yeah, but he he 
got over, you know, their stream went over, but got over. Got over. Yep. Um, Mustafa Ali has been one of those people that I know we've been like, give him a push, give him a push, give him a push. Yeah. And, and you think, and every time you think he's going to get it, then they're like, nah, we changed our mind. We're not going to. Remember, it was just like, what, a couple of years ago where he was like, I'm done. And he yeah. was sitting out, going to write out his contract because they just mm-hmm. weren't going to book him. Now, all of a sudden, he's yeah. in a title match. So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have Cody and Brock Lesnar. Okay. Night of Champions. This is not a title match, but this is a That's... match. <sighs> See, it's like, okay, here's my thing. If they'd have just kept it as Clash of Champions, I wouldn't have had a complaint because Clash of Champions and WCW, you didn't always have – every match was not a title match. Right. But most of the people involved had been some kind of champion at some point in time. I'm okay with that. But you start calling it Night of Champions, it's like – then it's like all of our title. we have all these titles and none of them are being defended. You know, it's like, yeah. Um, well, I have them all if they're not. I mean, unless they book it in this next week, we don't have a SmackDown women's title match. We don't officially have. Uh, we had the Raw one. Do, do, um, do we have the Raw one? Have they yeah, booked that? Bianca and, and Asuka. Here's the thing, too. Okay, the draft is over. The rosters are set. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Is Bianca, who's a SmackDown star, holding the Raw Women's title? Same thing goes for Rhea, who is a Raw star, holding the SmackDown Women's title. If you're going to do the stupid title switch, just switch them so that everything makes sense. And I want to see one of them throw it on the ground like Charlotte did. Yeah, <laughs> and um... which which was not in the script at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's why Becky was just like, and it's like, and mm. oh, and who was um. Uh, the tall woman, um, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville, and yeah. she looked like she should pick it up, and that was also yeah, she was, she that, was, yeah, was picking up, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Charlotte had a lot of heat on her that night for pulling that crap, but yeah, and that was extremely unprofessional on live television. Um, I wonder if her dad actually got onto her about that because he was one. He was all about being professional, even yeah, you know, yeah. um when he was nation but and you know charlotte being the legit athlete she is i mean she's mm-hmm. you know pretty tough yeah i don't think she could take sonya deville no i don't think so either no not with that mma background no no um if you forget about her because i mean you already you already have ronda you know who by the way and came Shay- back and shana yep you had ronda who came back with a terrible drop kick on uh, Raquel Rodriguez when they attacked her on Raw, it's like all of a sudden it's like I don't know if she was trying to do a drop kick or like a sliding kick or <laughs> a super kick and she slipped and fell. I don't know what she was doing, but Ronda's still terrible as far as pro wrestling goes. Ronda's still terrible. This is the smartest move that they have done is put her in a tag team where Shayna can do the heavy lifting because Shayna is a quality professional wrestler. I will see now um, they they don't have the match set, but I have a feeling it will be set. They're going to have 
almost like a scramble or a, or a four-way tag it's be a, match. It's, it's going to be a fatal four-way is what it's supposed to be. It's uh, for the vacant, again, the vacant uh, WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Um, it's going to be Shayna and Ronda, Raquel and a partner of her choosing because Liv Morgan is legitimately injured. Okay, that's uh, what I was going to ask. Is that legit yeah. or is that... Okay, yeah, so from what I understand, legit. it's legit. Um, and she's she's going to be out too long for them to keep the titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it'll be Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green and then Bailey and Theo Sky because Dakota Kai is injured. Okay. Um. Yeah, so that's... They're talking about... I guess that's going to be... I don't know if that's going to be at Night of Champions or if that's going to be on... It's supposed to be on Raw in like two weeks. So it's going to be like after. the night after <laughs> Night of Champions. The, the Raw after Night of Champions it, instead of just putting it on Night of Champions. Sorry, people. This is, mm. uh, this is my rant about WWE booking not making yes. sense. And on the segue to that, they still do <laughs> not know who is going to be the World Heavyweight Champion. They still have no idea a week away from this show who's going to be the world heavyweight champion because they're leery to put it on Seth Rollins now because Seth Rollins is having to miss shows because he's filming a Captain America movie. Here's the thing. He had to get clearance through you all before he could have the time off to go film the movie. So you knew Bingo! This, when the stupid tur- quote-unquote tournament started, that he was going to miss some dates because he's filming a movie. You didn't punish anybody else by not having them win a world title because they left to film a movie. You never punished The Rock for it. You never punished John Cena for it. You never punished Roman Reigns for it. You never punished any of these other guys because they went and filmed a movie and then you know you had to book them a different way. Let Seth do his thing, which is he's what he's doing is smart. You can't be you can't wrestle forever. He's finding another avenue to perform. He could still be the world heavyweight champion. You got Roman on less than a limited schedule. How come Seth can't be a world champion and miss a few dates? Which apparently I have not actually read the stories yet, but I've seen the headlines. Apparently Roman may be taking some time off here soon. Yeah, he's gonna be working even less dates than he is now. He is scheduled for money in the bank. He's on the books internally in WWE for Night of Champions, Money in the Bank, which is in England, and then SummerSlam. After that, there's nothing on the books for him for a while. And he's not scheduled for TV every single week either. So it's like, and I don't blame Roman. I mean, he's carried he carried the company on his back through the pandemic and beyond. You know, best run of his career, best run of a lot of people's careers, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, he was able to reinvent himself after that horrible babyface run that Vince just kept pushing down people's throat. Well, suffering succotash. Yeah. And they offer you a limited contract for big money. Who's not going to take it? Yeah. I'd take it. <laughs> I would. You may not get to work less dates and be at home more and do other stuff that I want to do and make more money, where do I sign? So, but the same thing, it's like, 
Seth is filming a movie. Use this as promotion. One of your top stars is in a Marvel movie, which is that's guaranteed <laughs> box office success. You say you say Marvel, and that is you're looking, and it's a Captain America movie building towards another Avengers movie. You're looking at a billion dollar franchise, and one of your top guys is in it. So shut up, strap him at Night of Champions, let him do his work and come back. And of course, here's the funny thing also about Roman um, taking the time off. When he beat Brock Lesnar, you mm-hmm. know, we all kind of had the same attitude of, well, good, at least we'll have a, a champion who's actually yeah. wrestling in matches. And now it's kind of gone the opposite. All of a sudden, and Roman not- even said Roman even said that in promos. That was part of the the build to one of their title matches was. Brock's a part-time champion and he doesn't respect the championship and blah, 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 blah. And now the roles are reversed and Roman's in the same position. And, but it's like how you create this new world championship. You have these, this quote unquote tournament. You knew the guy was going to miss dates because he's filming a movie, but you book him to get to the finals. (laughs) Now you're leery about putting the title on him because he's filming. What sense does that make? Hey, can you pause this for a second? Now that we pause for a second, so yep. Um, here's here's the problem with the world heavyweight title. One, we've said it numerous times on the show. It's not needed because Roman's walking around literally with two world title belts. Just split it and be yeah. done with it. But they've gone ahead. They've even made the new title. Okay. You don't have you don't have the world champion decided with a with a week left before the show <laughs> to crown said world heavyweight champion. We don't know what the lineage is going to be of the world heavyweight title. We don't know if it's going to be have the the old lineage of WWE's version, WCW's version. If they're going to make a brand new lineage, and this is going to be quote-unquote, the first world heavyweight champion. Um, logically, AJ Styles can't win it. He's in the finals. Mm-hmm. He's a SmackDown He's a SmackDown star. The world heavyweight title is exclusive to Raw. So they, once again, booked themselves into a corner with no way out. Especially no way out whole, that makes sense. Especially with this whole brand split thing. Yes, I, I'm not a fan of, but then again, the roster is actually so big, you know. Yeah, and that's why I'm. Uh, it's okay to me to have the brand split because the roster is big because that way more people are getting TV time than they would have if not. Mm-hmm. But then you have to book things correctly. First part of the problem is stop letting Vince McMahon book. <laughs> but talking about booking yourself into a corner – that sale to Endeavor has pretty much solidified because I found out that one of the conditions of Endeavor buying WWE was that Vince McMahon had to be in charge. That was one of their conditions, was that Vince had to be in charge. I feel like Michael Scott right now. You know, <laughs> the part where he just screams no. <laughs> or, or yeah, not only that, but when he gets in the middle of a thing and says, "Ladies and gentlemen, 
we are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's like, yeah, that was one of the conditions. Cause again, Vince has been friends with the CEO of Endeavor Endeavor for over 20 years. So that was one of Endeavor's conditions was Vince McMahon had to be in charge. He finagled his way back into the driver's seat after he was um, oh, yeah. pulled out, you know, with just cause. Yeah, with just cause. He had to yeah. step down because of, you know, because of his own actions. We'll just leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. And yeah. And he used this sale to weasel his way back into control because he knew that was the only way he was going to get it. He wasn't going to get it just by trying to come back to the company. They weren't going to have it. And the bad thing about it is he might just be bringing clown shoes back. You never know. He might. And uh, it sucks for Triple H because Triple H was doing such a good job with booking. Yeah. And the product was getting so much better. And then now we're back to the status quo of let's just let's not think long term. Let's just hot shot everything. And we're back to that Vince Russo booking. Of let's just hot yes. shot everything to get these moments so you can always put it on television and on pay-per-views and all this stuff. You're not selling moments. You're selling a professional wrestling product mm-hmm. that requires more long-term booking than three weeks out. And it's kind of like, you know, you look at any other sport and uh, part of the reason I bring this up because when you lean forward, I could see that, that got off on New York Yankees thing that you have on your, your chair thing. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 no, no. Um, by the way, the Yankees are playing. Oh, you mean this? Oh, you mean this thing? Yeah, that thing. (laughs) Um, But the Yankees who have more, um, world series wins, I believe than any other team. Yes. 27, 27. And they did, there wasn't just moments. It's been built up and built up and built up. Exactly. That's why the Yankees, I mean, have you ever been in New York city in your life? No, I have not. Hope has, but I have not. There you go. But you're still a Yankees fan because, bam, it yes. was they were such a good team to follow. And because they didn't just have a, a couple of moments. I mean, it was, you know, their their lynch goes way back. Yep. You know? um, I've been a Yankees fan since uh, Dwight Gooden got traded from the Mets to the Yankees. There you go. You know, um, and you talk about all the, the Yankees heritage. You know, you're talking like Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, you know, Reggie Jackson when he was part of the Yankees. Yeah, um, uh, Roger Clemens when he was Roger, a Yankee. Yes. And, you know, so they have this longevity. Wrestling should be the same way. The reason exactly. why Bruno Sammartino is still revered, Bruno Sammartino, like, he held the title twice. You know, and they said, yeah. well, I, well, Ric Flair, he's a 87-time world champion. Yeah, he lost the title 87 times, too. Yeah, but Bruno held it twice for a total of... Like seven what? years? Yeah, well, one reign was almost eight. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, right. so, one reign was eight, and I can't remember how long the other reign was, but I mean, um, maybe about a year and a half, two years. But either way, almost ten total years. Yeah, you got over a dec- two reigns. He was a champion for a decade over two reigns. I, it, you know, that's to me, that's a lot more impressive than no disrespect to Ric Flair, no disrespect to John Cena or Orton or Triple H or anybody that has double digit world title reigns. But 16 world titles, like John Cena amassed 16 world titles 
in I think 18 years, maybe. No, not 18. Because uh, the last one he won, it was when he beat AJ Styles. I think that was, that might have been 2018, maybe 2019. So 16, 17 years, he won 16 world titles. Which means he lost 15 world titles right. in 16 or 17 years. Same with Flair. Flair's went farther back because Flair won his first world title in the 70s and won his last world title in 2000. But so I think Flair won his first world title in 72, 28 years. Flair won, recognized 16 world titles. The, the, the number's closer to like 21. Because, yeah, the weird recognized. Because you had some, yeah. yeah, the ones they wouldn't recognize where you would, he would lose the title. And, the, and then four days later, before that tour was done overseas, he would win it back. But WWE didn't want to recognize it. And ridiculous. Yeah. If, he, if he won it, he won it. It don't matter where he won it. But. He's recognized with 16 world titles in 28 years. More impressive than the 16 John Cena got in 16 or 17 years. But still, how long? I mean, Flair never held the title for more, I think, maybe a year in one reign. You've got um, Bruno holding it for eight years in one reign. Yeah. I mean, you've got Roman holding Roman's at a, I think Roman's at a thousand days. I think Roman has passed up Pedro now. Yeah, because that's that was next on the list. Was that's that's who he was closest to was Pedro. Um, Roman Reigns' current run as world champion is more impressive than the fourteen that Triple H got, or the fourteen that Orton got, or Cena and Flair's, and all these double-digit reigns are impressive on paper until you look at how long they held the title and Roman's about to beat a hall of famer and take his place on the all time list. Mm -hmm. That is more impressive than all of these other accomplishments, not to take away from those accomplishments, but for me, it is, it is quality over quantity. Exactly. And that's that's what they don't get. It's like, oh, well, so-and-so's been world champion 72 times. But he's only held it three months at a time for each race. <laughs> yeah. So what does that tell you? It tells you he lost it a whole bunch of times. And when he won it, it didn't mean anything because three months later, he's going he's gonna to lose it again. And so, I mean, that's what, you know, you want those – you don't just want the individual moments, like you said, the hot shot. Okay, tonight we had a great night. Boom, fireworks everywhere. Okay, what's going on yeah. tomorrow? Tomorrow's yeah. a new day. Or, you know, it's, it's he's been the champion for a long time or just tonight. Yeah. And you need somebody to – the fans are going to stick with something that, that can maintain longevity. Yeah. Not something that, okay, we watched it tonight. Just like, you know, another team I don't really care for, the Patriots in football. The right. Patriots, I mean, you hate to admit it, but the Patriots can't can't stand them, but I mean they built a dynasty. I they mean did. I mean, they went from being an absolute joke of a team because when Robert Kraft bought the team, they were they had a one in fifteen season. Oh yeah, they were horrible. they were basement dwelling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like every year. And then all of yeah. a sudden, new coach, new quarterback, who now people yep. are considering like 
the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't want to say the greatest player. We I do not, but well, arguably, I mean, he's yeah. you know he's always. I still the, go with I still go with Joe Montana as the greatest quarterback ever, but that's just me. Well, um, but either way, I mean, but there's always. Tom, but I mean, Brady's always in the Tom, argument. You know, Brady's always in the argument. It's just my issue is there's 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 a few of those Super Bowl wins that should have little asterisks next to them, but probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but um, but anyway, I, I mean, <laughs> um, but I mean they for half of Brady's time in New England, like they were in the Super Bowl. Every, yeah, half of the year. I mean, even yeah. if they didn't win, even they if, were still yeah, exactly. Even if they didn't win it. They they were consistently championship contenders every every single season. That's longevity. That is there's your story. The team mm-hmm. went from a basement dwelling team to one of the greatest teams of all time, whether you like them or hate them. And I am not a Patriots fan at all. Nope. But I can, you know, I give credit when credit's due. And Dave, there's your story. Wrestling should, like you said, wrestling should be the same way. And in WWE, we get every now and then we get a good long-term story, like the bloodline, like Cody Rhodes return and Cody Rhodes road to redemption to get to be, to finish his story. I feel like this bump in the road with Brock Lesnar is part of that story because Brock prohibited him from you know, advancing to possibly win the world title. It's Cody having to go back to square one and jump through all these hoops to get to where he wants to go. That's a good story. But then most of everything is like, hey, we're a week out and don't know who we're going to book as world champion, but we're going to advertise the hell out of the match anyway. Right. And I I mean, you know, long-term starts on Gunther and his his cronies. His reign. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, what the, what's their faction called? Imperium. Imperium. Mm-hmm. They've kind of been not under the radar, but they've been low key compared to the other ones. But that yeah. was a long term story that people are really starting to latch on to Gunther. And and here's the thing that has been long term since NXT, NXT UK existed. Imperium formed in NXT UK. They won the tag titles over there. Gunther was the the United Kingdom champion. They go to NXT, Imperium wins the tag titles over there. You know, Gunther's in, in the main event scene. They come to the main roster. You've got Gunther is on pace to be the longest reigning intercontinental champion ever. And which I really Imperium, hope he does. <laughs> uh, me too. And and the other two members of Imperium are contenders for the tag titles. So that's long term storytelling. Even when they split the group kind of and brought Gunther up, but didn't bring the other two guys up. They eventually did. And then at clash at the castle, everybody comes back together. The fans lose their mind because they've been following these guys for years. And it just continues. They're back to being a unit. The fans like it. That's, that's storytelling. That's long-term storytelling. And if they want to compare it to like, a regular non-wrestling like TV show because you have TV writers writing for WWE now. Yeah. The sitcoms back like in the seventies and the eighties, every single episode was different. There was not necessarily a connection with the rest of them. And right. my, my daughter has pointed that out. 
She's mm-hmm. like, so they had like this fire or something happen, you know, in this one episode. They never acknowledged it again. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because um, everything was everything was supposed to get wrapped up in 22 minutes, right? You know, you know a nice neat bow. You take out the commercials, you've got about 22 minutes of a show, and they all, for the most part, unless you got an occasional two parter, every every conflict was resolved in 22 minutes. Exactly. It didn't matter what it was. I mean, yeah, you know, it didn't matter how big of an issue it was, 22 minutes, you got to wrap it up. Because in different strokes, they never brought up that bicycle man ever again. Never. <laughs> they <laughs> never they brought probably... up the bike. They never brought up the bicycle guy. They never brought up how Arnold and his friend were dealing with, you know, the after effects or anything. Right. Nothing. They just, they brought it up and then never brought it up again. Never brought it up again. Later on, when you had other shows like Friends, like Big mm-hmm. Bang Theory, you know, um, you know, some of the other shows where they had these ongoing themes, Friends, yes. Ross and Rachel, the whole thing about they brought yeah. up stuff that happened like in the first and second seasons up like in the last season. Big Bang Leonard Theory. And Penny. Leonard yes. and Penny did the same thing. They same they, thing. Things that happened from like the pilot episode they brought up in like season nine or ten. Exactly. So, I mean, they had these ongoing things that people could latch yeah. on to, like How I Met Your Mother, the whole, you know, some of that stuff, same yeah. thing. If WWE would actually focus on, okay, you're going to have TV writers write it like that. Don't go back mm-hmm. to, you know, some of the old um, old 70s and 80s TV shows where everything was wrapped up. You can't do yeah. that in wrestling because you got to bring the no. people back because we weren't paying yeah. to watch those TV shows. We are paying to watch WWE. Exactly. Yeah, we're paying, you know, whether it's you're paying your monthly subscription to Peacock or you're paying, you know, if you're overseas fans and you're paying for the WWE Network subscription because they still have the network overseas, whether you're paying for live events, things like that, we're paying for this. Can I get a good story? Because it's not just the wrestling. For us, wrestling is like a soap opera. It's mm-hmm. you have this amazing athleticism, but can I get this? Can I, can the story make sense too? So a lot of times I watch it just to enjoy the match, but if the story's good, I'm going to be invested in that too. Yep. And speaking of live events, and I'll segue into this last thing before we have to to wrap it up. Um, I'm going to a live event here in about um, a little over four hours. Going to the Manor Sports Complex in Manor, Ohio, population like 4,000, not very many people. But, <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to watch a Northern Wrestling Federation event because they are, um, they support our show and we support them. Yeah, they are huge supporters of us and we greatly appreciate it. Yep. And I found that out um, a couple of days ago when they advertised the event. And I noticed that the podcast was tagged when they, uh-huh. And they put it on. I was like, "Why are they?" Ta-? I was like, "I'm not. I'm not complaining at all." You know, you're right. Like, right. Like, why are they tagging? And then I realized the picture they had, you know, was a picture I took at right. one of their events in Mount Orb. And and then so I saw when I said tag, there was a little bitty icon. You know, it looked like a, I had to actually really zoom in and look and say, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's a camera." Okay, they gave me picture credit, which is actually kind of cool. That's awesome. You know? Yep. So. um and we, we've got a really good relationship with them. 
And so I'm going to go watch their event, obviously tonight in Mount Orb. It also helps that it's 10 minutes away from my house, you know, which is mm-hmm. really advantageous for me. And, you know, so, uh, and I'm actually wearing this shirt, NWF Wrestling, uh, the first, the last, the best. I've had this shirt now for a couple of years. It's actually a 2X, so it's a little little snug on me. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I'll, I'll be changing into my armchair booking shirt because i got to rep the, the podcast when oh, yeah. you know, I go tonight. But, um, but you not only have tonight's event, but you also next week you have Women's Revolution Rising, which is going to be down in Covington, Kentucky, which I went to that last year. Uh, the show, we actually sponsored them, the podcast. We sponsored them last year uh, due to our own you know, um, having to worry more about our finances this year because, well, when we're not working, that means we're not getting any money coming in. And so it's like, yeah, we kind of got to kind of prioritize. I mean, we could pull it out of the show's, you know, um, money, but at the same time, that would leave us with like $10 a piece. Right, right. (laughs) So, yeah, because, folks, we don't make a lot of money on this. I mean, we make, we can, we cover the cost of the show. And then after that, we can, you know, like go eat pizza. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, we can buy a pizza, a couple of cheeseburgers. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was like like a couple months, it was basically around December, we were able to get what we call light bill money. But of course, that's yeah, advertising yeah. revenues they went up, you know. But yeah, um, but I'm still going to go watch Revolution Rising. Um, I'm trying to get, uh, I think my daughter said she's going to come with me because it is all women, even the referees are going to be all women. That's actually something they didn't have last year, just because you just, you still don't have a lot of women referees. You just don't, Mm-mm. you know, now they do have enough. There's a lot more out there. So, um, so even the women uh, or even the referees are going to be all women. It's yeah. going to be a fantastic show. It was, um, it last year, they realized at, even before the first match started that, the venue they had last year was way too small to contain <laughs> what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it outgrew the building already. And so they were able to get hits down in Covington, which they just had something there last weekend. And now here it is because you know, normally they go once a month at Covington. This time they're going twice a month because they need a mm-hmm. lot of place, you know, to have this event. You know, so um, last year, Nikki victory. And I think Kylie Ray, that match, if I really hope somebody's posted somewhere, that match was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and you know, that was the last match. It was the main event, and it stole the show. I mean, um, thank thankfully it was the main event. <laughs> you nothing know, else could have followed to, it. <laughs> nothing else could have followed that one. I mean, it was absolutely great. Um, and they've already got matches set up. Ella's defending her um, the NWF Women's Title, which she's held that for over a year now. Oh, we wow. had. Yeah, we had her on the show right after she won it, and that's true. Yeah, um, and she still got it. And I think tonight uh, Ella is actually defending her title against Savannah Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so <clears throat> um, maybe. Well, she's supposed to be defending this weekend. If Savannah beats her, though, yeah, you know, um, kind of throws a wrench in things. Uh, not only that, but I think Savannah. I think her match at Revolution Rising is actually for the 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 PGWA. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, title. So, I mean, with her being the PGWA Rookie of the Year, which mm-hmm. um, in two years in a row is an NWF wrestler who won that because last year is Riley Matthews, mm-hmm. and you know so. Um, that shows you the, the talent that's coming out of the NWF. I mean, the training, I mean, because yeah. it's just like we talked to Waka Chris Harris last week about that because they, they 
take a lot of pride and they, they pay a lot of attention to how they're training them because, um, you know, they're very serious about, you know, yeah, what they're teaching everybody, yeah. you know, and, and it's how they wrestle, what you do in the ring, not just that, but what you do out of the ring, how you, mm-hmm. how you carry yourself, by the way, here's, you know, how you talk on the mic. And if they're not ready, they're not going to let them. Exactly. Not gonna let That's them how it should there. be. I mean, yeah. Um, if that means somebody who's ready in five months, four months, so be it. If somebody it may take them over a year, mm-hmm. it happens. Um, cause I know of some, because anytime you go to an NWF event, you see the ones who you know they're students because they're also doing some other things. They're doing the security. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're doing the tickets. They're they're stamping people's hands as they as they come in, you know, or they're putting the the what um the little almost like bracelets on to say, hey, yeah. they're they're in the front row, things like that. Uh so they're always helping that actually helps pay for their uh tuition. Some of them I saw but um, Jackie Donnelly, she was one of the ones she was doing security for mm-hmm. however many months. And then I saw her, you know, finally actually saw her in the ring. Um, yeah. another one, um, Elijah Allen, you know, I had, had to think about it cause I also know his, his actual yeah. name too, Yeah, yeah. You know, but he's, he's in the ring quite a bit now. Uh, Luke Larson's another one. I saw him at security. Now he's, he's got this whole cowboy thing going on, which he's running with it, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, but they won't let them in there until they're ready. But when they get in the ring, I I don't think I've ever looked at anybody and said, "Oh my God, they're not ready." Why are they putting? They're them not in ready there? for it. Yeah. Every single person has, you know, you could tell they put the time in to to, to at least try to perfect what they're doing. Right. You know, so um, if anybody out there, if you ever get a chance, go definitely support indie wrestling. If you're in the Cincinnati area, go support the Northern Wrestling Federation. Um, if you want to know where some of their matches are, just get a hold of me. Or just look up NWF Wrestling. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. I believe they're also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Go find them. They do have a YouTube channel. They haven't done with it anything on there in a few months. Um, they were for a little bit. They had their own weekly podcast, and all of a sudden it just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hopefully they get that back running again. But go check them out. Um, Roger Ruffin. He's actually a legend in the wrestling business. Amongst, yes. Yeah. So I mean, you mentioned Roger Ruffin's name to people who are in the business. Like, oh my God, yes. You know, they'll say, yeah, he runs a really good. Uh, company um he is a former wrestler but a lot of people know me he was also a referee with wwe mm-hmm. for a little bit not only was he referee for some uh matches at wrestlemania 8 very first match tito santana and Shawn michaels he was referee for bret hart and roddy piper which was a, considered yep. a classic match he walked reba mcintyre to the ring and you know, what yep. he said that's like one of his most you know <laughs> most he remembers <laughs> most but if you go back and watch the match where Randy Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts, where the snake bit Randy Savage and then wouldn't let go. On the bicep, yes. Yes, Roger Ruffin was also referee for that match. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, so he's been there for a lot of stuff. He's been there, done that, and um, he's about, he's been on the podcast as well. Uh, hopefully we can get him again, but he is a very, very busy uh, man. He's a very busy man, yeah. yeah you, you know, free time for him, I mean, it just it kind of comes at a premium. I mean, it's, it's hard yeah. for him to get any kind of free time. Cause even when we yeah. had him, it was like on a Saturday morning at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And, and we, he could only give us like half an hour. It's not, he yeah. would have done more, but he just didn't have a he ton didn't of have time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and the, he had a, uh, I mean, every Saturday night they have something going on. So, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely go check out uh, the NWF, check out indie wrestling in general, because with very, very few exceptions, every wrestler you see, 
in WWE on the main roster, AEW, Ring of Honor, um, Impact, anything like that, they all started on the indies. On the indies. The only ones that I can think of off the top of my head that didn't start off in the indies, Jade Cargill, Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair. Uh, Dominic. And Dominic Mysterio. And if you yep. look at them, how many of those were second-generation wrestlers? Exactly. Yep. You know, so if that says yep. anything, I mean, you're talking, you know, and Jade Cargill, I mean, she was married to, well, no, she, her husband, he's um, he's a former baseball player. Yeah, yeah. But um, but she's a very rare exception because she, already, yeah. she didn't already have, like, the second-generation. No. You know, but nope. um, Bianca Belair, another were a very legitimate athlete, married to a mm-hmm. wrestler. Now, they may have met yeah. on the scene, you know, yeah. but – but at the same time, I mean, you know, um, but she's like on a different level as far as athleticism goes. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, but everybody started out in the Indies. It's like, you know, all these bands that you see that are out there touring stadiums and arenas, they also started yeah. out playing bars. Yep. You know, it's the same equivalency. So you may have you may have actually watched somebody before they hit it big. Mm-hmm. Because our friend Randy will tell you about how he watched um, Abyss when he was Prince Justice and these other mm-hmm. names on the NWF. Yep. He remembers watching Chris Harris when he before he became Wildcat Chris Harris, but when he was yep. doing stuff on the Indies, and right. and so you could say I knew them before they were famous. And, yeah, and, you know, so definitely go check them out because I'm going to, and you know, it only, it helps them, which means it also helps us. And, you know, we try to get them on the show as often as what we can, which is probably not as often as what we'd like, you mm-hmm. know, but that's just, you know, but, just timing of schedules. So that's all yeah. it is. Just, that's just life. But if you can make it out there tonight, maybe, hopefully we'll see, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but next week, definitely if you're in the Cincinnati area, uh, go down to Covington, check out Women's Revolution Rising. Hopefully we'll have more on that in the week to come. But Until we can talk again, my friend, I just got to say good night, good day, and God bless. God bless.